0: Good morning Um, Thank you for Those lovely hymns that you Gave us Kevin And I must confess that Behold our God is one of my Favourites I just love how Isaiah 40 Has been put to music Where Isaiah Calls his listeners to Behold our God That this one who created the heavens and the earth this one who, who can looks upon the nations and they're and, and like a, a a drop of water in a bucket for this one, there's no counsellor for him for this one who, who brought forth the stars and not one of them is missing of how we sang this morning that this one is also the one who has passed through the heavens as a result of him becoming man and Dying upon the cross of Calvary, being raised again from the dead, and praise God that our Lord Jesus Christ, forty days after his resurrection, passed through the heavens, and he's now seated at the right hand of the Majesty on high. That seat that he left. What a saviour! What a God we have. The passage that we're going to be reading on from this morning is is Matthew chapter twenty-eight and as Kevin said we're reading or considering the first ten verses now after the and I'm reading from the English Standard Version now after the Sabbath toward the dawn of the first day of the week Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb and behold there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said, Come, see the place where he lay then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Amen. Amen. And Lord, will add a blessing to this, his holy and authoritative word that I've read in that presence uh, this morning. You know, the woman whom we have read of this morning, and potentially the Roman soldiers who made up the guard, Of how they were eyewitnesses of what we had, of what you would have considered last week and perhaps the week before. They were eyewitnesses of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They were eyewitnesses of the savagery and the brutality of man that was inflicted upon the perfect Son of God. They crucified him they were eyewitnesses to that and such was the brutality of crucifixion that in actual fact a new word was coined to describe it excruciating which literally means out of the cross such was the savagery that was inflicted upon the victim of crucifixion that nothing in in, in language could describe the pain and so a new word was coined and it was brutal absolutely brutal, you know the stresses that were placed upon the human body uh, 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 as a whole weight of the body was, was passed through the, 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 the nails that were, that were hammered through his, his wrists of how it's estimated that the person's arms would stretch in length approximately 6 inches every bone of the victim's body was out of joint Thus fulfilling eh, prophecy, Psalm 22, of how these women were witnesses to the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ was unrecognisable on earth. He was beaten more than any other man. His visage was marred and he was unrecognisable. His face was all puffed up as of the wounds that were inflicted, the beatings that were inflicted upon him. They were eyewitnesses to the hours of darkness from 12 o'clock midday to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. This supernatural darkness where God caused the sun to fail. And there he poured upon Christ, his beloved son, the wrath that was due us all. They were eyewitnesses of that. They heard the Lord Jesus Christ cry out it is finished and into your hands do I commit my spirit and he breathed his last and the earth quaked an earthquake they were eyewitness to the fact that a Roman soldier thrust through his spear through his lung and heart and out flowed water and blood They knew Jesus Christ was dead. They saw Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea carefully and lovingly take down the the dead body of Christ. This body that that the author of life, the one who breathed life into the nostrils of, 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 of Adam. Of how he was dead, lifeless. How they tenderly took him down and wrapped linen cloths around him and lovingly placed him into the tomb of Joseph in the garden these women whom we have read of this morning knew that Jesus Christ was dead they knew that and it's not my aim particularly this morning to prove to you the fact that Jesus Christ rose again because the evidence is irrefutable but rather it's for me to ask you the question to ask myself the question what is my response to the resurrection of Jesus Christ this one whose resurrection declares that Jesus Christ is the son of God, what is my reaction and response to that Tom Arnold an Oxford professor of history, he would say this, and this this was a man who was used to pouring through the historical record. And he would say this, I know of no one fact in the history of mankind which is proved by better and fuller evidence of every sort to the understanding of a fair inquirer that the great sign that God has given us that Christ died and rose again from the dead. He was a, an Oxford professor, no fool, who pored over the many historical records, but particularly the record of, of, of Scripture and other external evidence. He would say there's no one greater fact. We all believe that Julius Caesar was a Roman emperor. We understand that. The historical record is far more convincing about the resurrection of Christ. Salino Lucu a defence lawyer, a Guinness Book of Record defence lawyer, a man who is used to pouring over evidence, a man who won 245 legal cases in a row, no one has come close to that. He would say this, I say unequivocally that the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so overwhelming that it compels acceptance by proof. Which leaves absolutely no room for doubt. Two very clever men. Two men who have poured over records of antiquity and they've come to this conclusion. That Jesus Christ, the Son of God, yes, he was died upon a Roman cross. He was put into the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, but he rose again. What is our response to that? Two groups of people. The first group being the Roman soldiers. Why were they there? Why were the Roman soldiers there? A dead man can't do anything. Well, the Roman soldiers were there to make the grave secure. You know, there's probably uh, 12 of them present. You know, and, and they would do th- things on a, on a rota basis, on a shift basis. Maybe take three hours watch and then you know, they have eat and drink and then the next go for sleep and then so on and so forth. But the Roman soldiers had a vested interest in ensuring that the grave was secure and it's this if anyone were to break or try to break open the Roman seal then they would pay with their lives because this this tomb was sealed with the authority of Romans so anyone who tried to, to break the seal well the Roman soldiers had permission from Pilate to kill them immediately no questions asked they also had another vested interest in the sense that if someone did come and break open the tomb and steal the body of Christ away then they would pay with their lives Okay, so, so these people were there in an attentive way um, and they were they were looking out, they, they wanted to preserve and protect their lives and um, we're told in the word of God that uh, in verse 1 verse 2 sorry that there was a great earthquake um, as dawn began to break on the, on the Sunday morning there was a, an earthquake why? the word of God tells us that an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it now I'm not sure how an angel moves a stone not sure I kind of wonder if the earthquake itself caused this incredibly heavy stone Uh, that that was rolled down down between two grooves to to, to cover the entrance of the tomb of how the earthquake was used to dislodge and move the stone away that that, that, in my own mind's eye is how it happened Um, and so we're told that the angel then comes and sits on top of the stone and his appearance was like lightning and this clothing white as snow a majestic being isn't it you think of the moon so one, but one of the few things I enjoy about uh, the winter season is that you can see the the stars at night more clearly and, and and the moon and so on and so forth And we've got to remember this that the moon has no light in itself but the moon Reflects something of the glory of the sun It's reflective, And I would judge That this is why the angelic messenger Of how his, his face His appearance was like lightning And his clothing white the snow Because this angelic being has come from heaven And he's been in the immediate presence of God Almighty God the Father And God the Father has, has commissioned this angel to go To the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And this angelic messenger. Is reflecting something of the glory of God. In a very similar way I guess. To what Moses did. When he went up to the top of Mount Sinai. Remember the word of God tells us. That that as he'd been in the presence of God. As he came down. Of how his face shone. And the people backed away from him. An incredible sight that must have been. His face shone because he had been in the presence of God. And I judge this is why this, this angelic messenger is such a magnificent and majestic sight. And he sits on the stone. The last place on earth that the Roman soldiers wished for the angel to be. You know, these battle-hardened individuals, these people who perhaps are eyewitnesses of the gruesome death of many crucifixions, or perhaps of Christ himself. These battle-hardened, insensitive individuals of how the Word of God tells us in verse 4, And for fear of him, the angelic messenger, the guards trembled and became like dead men it's interesting the word for tremble it comes from the same root word as earthquake they've just witnessed an earthquake perhaps two days prior they were present when the earth shook as a result of the death of Christ well this time there's not a, there's, no, there's no seismic movements at all on the ground but, but their heart is quaking within them they're, they're fearful they're like dead men standing these battle-hardened, insensitive individuals. And they hear the testimony of the angel. And he tells the, 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 the woman particularly, but the, 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 the these Roman soldiers would have been listening as well. And the, the, the angelic messenger is saying that Jesus Christ who was dead is now alive just as he said he, what he would do. He has risen again from the dead. This one, whom they knew to be dead, of how the angelic messenger is telling telling these Roman soldiers, he's alive. This this tomb that you've been guarding, look inside it; it's empty. The stone wasn't rolled away to let Christ out; he's already out. The tomb is empty. No longer inhabited by a corpse all you see are the grave clothes which I judge to be just like in a cocoon hardened by the spices that Joseph and Nicodemus placed upon him and Christ passed through these let's just stop and think about this this demands the conclusion who Jesus Christ was only the one who breathed into Adam the breath of life into into something that was just dust of how the Lord fashioned this dust it was dead, nothing, it was inanimate and yet God breathed into him the breath of life only this one who breathed into Adam the breath of life could be raised again from the dead these Roman soldiers knew Christ to have been raised how did they respond how did these men respond well they responded they chose to fear man and to love God and to fear man and to love money rather than to bow the knee in worship how can I say that well it's evident by their actions it's not my portion but in verse 11 while they were going behold some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place only some of the Roman guard went to speak not to Pilate their commander but went to the chief priests why? why? Why, would, why did only some of them go, well if the whole detachment or attachment of soldiers went and this would alert the, the, the suspicions or, or, or the, this would alert the attention of Pontius Pilate news would get round, they've left the post, that, that the tomb is empty, they'll be executed. What were they going to do? They chose to go to the chief priests to tell them what had happened. That this one who's placed in the tomb is no longer there. And the chief priests offered them a large sum of money. Not just the thirty pieces of silver which they offered to Judas, to Judas but they offered them a large sum of money. And they, they, they wanted to preserve their life. So their response was like many it was like many people, is it not? How many people are, are like soldiers? They knew that the, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a historical fact. They were first-hand eyewitnesses of the empty tomb. They responded by saying, "Well, actually, my life is more important on earth." They responded, "Well, actually, I want to get a, a few denarii out, out of this. You know, I've got a career to live." You know, I want, I want to accrue a, a lot of money. I want to maintain my friends, and so on and so forth. A whole plethora of reasons. But they knew that the, the resurrection of Christ was a historical fact, and they ignored it. They did not act upon it in a way that was appropriate. Now I wonder if there's anyone in, 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 the, in the hall this, this, this afternoon who's in that step, who are in that place. You know that the historic that that Christ died. You, knew, you know that he was buried you know that he has been raised again from the dead but you've done nothing about it because it's not a convenient time I've got my life to live I've got my friends to pursue you know, and I've got, I'm in a relationship I don't know about a plethora of reasons but they do nothing about it now, I don't know what happened to these Roman soldiers who when they got back if, if they reflected upon these things I don't know but the word of God tells us in Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 that rather than seeing the reflected glory of the angelic messenger of whom they were fearful of how, of how their, their hearts were quaking within them of how they will see a John would see a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away the Lord Jesus Christ and such is the magnificence magnificence of the glory of his visage it's as if the, 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 the created universe of how it dissolves or melts away and the books are opened and Christ will judge the Roman soldiers this day made a foolish choice they responded in a way that ignored well ignored a, 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 an appropriate response what about the women how did the women respond I think it's important at this point you know and I have enjoyed um over the last couple of weeks just to, to read the four gospels and uh, it's clear that um there are some differences in the gospel narrative for example in our passage this morning um, we've read that it was toward the dawn of the day and yet John would write it when it's dark you know if one's an optimist one's a pessimist different perspectives writing about the same thing it's important for us to know this that although there are differences in, in the narrative and you can put them all together and make one big story a factual story the core of the story is always the same and this is what um, historians look for the core of the story is the same in the sense that christ died joseph of arimathea placed the corpse of jesus christ into his own new tomb of how this tomb early on sunday morning was visited by a small group of women how they find the tomb empty and an angelic messenger proclaims that Jesus Christ has risen this is the core of the stone it's important for us to remember that it seems to me as you put put uh, all the the gospel um, all the individual gospels together that it seems to me that Mary Magdalene in accordance with John chapter 20 of how Mary Magdalene arrives at the tomb first she sees that the stone rolled away, and she immediately, having not witnessed or saw the angelic messenger of how uh, Mary runs or turns, turns, goes opposite direction and goes to tell uh, John and Peter. The other gospel narratives would then say this other group of women, of whom Mary, the 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 the, uh, the other Mary and uh, Salome of how they arrive along with others perhaps Joanna and they arrive at the tomb and they arrive at the tomb expecting to find the body of Christ they arrive at the tomb with spices that they have prepared the day before they arrive at the tomb asking amongst themselves as they journey toward the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea who shall we get to roll away the stone?" For women I'm not trying to be sexist here but but men are stronger and the women would not be able to to roll away this massive stone from the mouth of the tomb itself they had absolutely no expectation whatsoever of of what they would find this day but in verse 6 when they get there you can just imagine the hearts beginning to, to, to beat more quickly as they see this angelic messenger magnificent being face like lightning clothes as white as snow and this angelic messenger says to them in verse 6 he is not here for he has risen as he said come see the place where he lay and so the woman go in. And it, from Luke's account we find that there's already another angelic messenger within the tomb. And this uh, this angelic messenger who pronounced to the to these women the good news that Christ is no longer here but that he's risen. Of how this angelic messenger then enters in behind the women themselves. And here <coughs> Forgive my imagination I don't think it's imagination at all But just in your mind's eye Just imagine this You have an angelic, me- one angelic messenger here You've got another angelic being there And in between You see the grave clothes of Christ And it's like a cocoon And it's hard Because of the spices that was adorned, that was placed upon it, and with the cool of the day, had, the, the, these spices have hardened, and it's a cocoon. What picture does that, does that remind you of? It reminds me of the Holy of Holies, where you've got the Ark of the Covenant and the Mercy Seat on top, and between the Mercy Seat on either side of the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant you have two cherubim angels and between the cherubim the Lord himself presenced himself and only once a year the high priest was allowed to enter into the the Holy of Holies he went to place the blood of bulls and goats upon the mercy seat and this is what these women were confronted with an incredible sight an incredible sight what points can we make about this the first, first of all is this that the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is by no means an accident I remind you of verse 6 do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here; He has risen, as He said. It's so important to understand this: that that the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, however brutal it was, and it was gruesome, it was awful. We would faint if we, if we would see it now. It was an awful thing, but it was not an accident you know some people ask that the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 12 will show us a sign from heaven to which Lord Jesus Christ would say well the sign that I will show you is is this just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish so too shall the son of man be three days in the belly of the earth speaking of his resurrection Christ knew when he left the glory of heaven that he would come to this earth that he would be crucified, that he would be raised again from the dead. Christ knew that you're following the time of his transfiguration in Matthew, chapter 20, Matthew 16, beg your pardon. From that time Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer, be killed and rise again the third day. So the crucifixion of Jesus Christ was by no means an accident. It was meant. It was predetermined, as, as Peter would, would would tell the people of Jerusalem in Acts chapter two. It was predetermined. Why? Why did God, in the person of Jesus Christ, come to this earth to be crucified? Why? Well, just as I mentioned to you. With this scene that the women were confronted with and within the tomb of how it's reminiscent or how it would signpost the Holy of Holies of how it was that the high priest would enter in once a year and place the blood of bulls for himself and then the blood of goats for the people of Israel and then go out again why did the Lord Jesus Christ come Hebrews chapter 10 gives us insight Hebrews chapter 10 verse 11 and every high priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins these offerings and sacrifices that were continually made could never make the man or individual complete or whole, could never deal significantly with sin conclusively with sin but the word of God says but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins he sat down at the right hand of God this is why Christ came Christ came to this earth to offer himself upon the cross and, and, and within the tomb it's not, a, it's not a, a yes it reminds us of the Holy of Holies but the, the grave clothes being on the mercy seat if I can use that term it's not the death of a or of a of goat it's the death of God incarnate. The death of Christ has atoned for my sin. The death of Christ has dealt absolutely with my sin. These other sacrifices could never take away sin, while well, the sacrifice of Christ has. And wonderfully, you know, as Christ died, as He breathed His last, breathed his last what happened to the temple veil? It was torn in two from top to bottom. God was saying, "It's it's finished. The price has been paid. Sacrifice for sin has been made. Entrance into into my presence is assured through faith in my beloved Son." Praise God not just for the death of Christ but for his resurrection Mm -hmm. this resurrection took place on the 16th of Nisan the feast of first fruits again in the timetable of God and there the feast of first fruits you would wave the, the first of your harvest the best of your harvest and Christ is the best his resurrection is the best, and by His resurrection, He guarantees our future resurrection. That's so important for us to understand. Christ died, yes. He was buried, yes. He was raised again from the dead, yes. Well, that assures us that even if we die, we shall live forever. Some will go to heaven, others go to the lake of fire. How did the woman respond? How did the woman respond to this glorious reality that Christ has been raised? Well they were commanded by the angelic being to go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold he is going before you to Galilee there you will see him see I have told you. And they're running. They're running to the disciples who are cowering behind locked doors and these women are unsure as to what the future will hold for them on earth they're living in a hostile environment their Lord Jesus Christ has been brutally treated he's been crucified they don't know what lies ahead for them on earth and yet they were obedient, they ran and told the disciples they were uncaring in a very real sense as to what would happen to them but wonderfully verse 9 as they were running with great joy but also fear running to tell his disciples verse 9 behold Jesus met them and said greetings and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him what a wonderful sight that is is it not the risen Christ meets them on the road to tell the disciples wonderful sight and there the women do only that which is appropriate they bow the knee and they worship isn't it interesting to note this that uh, they take hold of his feet They took hold of his feet Significant He's not a ghost Christ rose physically From the dead Yes we understand this That he passed through The um, uh, the, the linen garments That that he was embalmed with Yes he passed through the, the rock We understand that But he was He was a physical being He rose physically from the dead he ate fish with the disciples. He allowed the disciples, "Touch my hands." You know, put your fist into the side, into my side with a with spear with thrust. He was a physical being, and there the woman worshipped him. I can just imagine, as a, when the Lord Jesus Christ left them, these women would run even faster if that were possible to to where the disciples were and in my mind's eye again forgive my imagination but I just imagined that that Mary Magdalene has got there first and and she is relaying the story I've seen the Christ I've seen the Lord Jesus Christ I thought he was a gardener I've seen him and then these women Mary and Joanna and Salome they verify the story they tell the story what's happened to them he's alive he is alive disciples still didn't believe until they saw him got to make that point but he's alive one of the hallmarks and with this I close one of the hallmarks of the early church is this that they could not help but speak about the resurrected Christ in Acts chapter 8 after the martyrdom of Stephen and, and the persecution of, of believers within Jerusalem intensified to the point that, that the believers left uh, Jerusalem itself and spread uh, throughout Judea and Samaria. Only the apostles were left. You know, These were refugees. Left everything. Only had the clothes in their bag and maybe some money, and some money in, in, in their knapsacks. What did they do? Well, those who were scattered went everywhere teaching Jesus I ask myself I ask you folks you know with the conversations that we're going to have tomorrow and the next day in the Lord's will are we going to be like these early disciples who all they could do was all that they wanted to speak about was not the weather a good drying day or uh, football teams not doing very well what they wanted to speak about was the resurrected Christ because it is this that makes a difference how we respond to Christ determines where we will spend eternity I don't know if there are any soldiers here this morning or this afternoon beg your pardon, who are saying I'm just going to leave this for another day I don't know if that other day came are we like these early disciples, these women who regardless of the danger that they place themselves in, but by running through enemy occupied territory you know, fearlessly proclaiming the fact that, the, that Christ has been raised from the dead this was the greatest message, this is the most important news that you and I could ever speak about, are we going to be like them it's for us The baton has been passed down to ourselves, as we receive the baton from those who went before us. It is now our turn on the stage. If if we can almost quote Shakespeare, um, have we been faithful? What the people of Aberdeen of Inverurie need to hear is that Christ died; he was buried he was raised again this is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ let us pray and gracious God as we bow before you today we thank you for what has taken place in the past Lord God we thank you for your love for us we thank you Lord that this is exhibited in so many different ways the air that we breathe, the clothes that we wear the food that we we, we eat, the friends that we have all these are blessings and gifts from yourself an expression of your love but God we thank you particularly for Jesus Christ, the greatest expression of your love Lord Jesus Christ thank you today that you, the son of God born of a virgin of how you came to this earth to die Lord Jesus Christ, our sins have not been paid for by the blood of goats and bulls. Our sins have not been paid for by living a life of obedience or righteousness. For there there are as filthy rags to you. But rather our sins have been paid for by your death upon the cross. We thank you that the work that the Father gave to you has been completed. It was finished. But Lord, we thank you this morning that not only did you die, but you rose again. You defeated our greatest enemy the power of death something which Satan holds and Lord by your resurrection we know that we shall live with that we shall live with you in heaven itself this is amazing grace and oh God we thank you for those who prayed for us in the past we thank you for those who told us about you in the past may this be our portion on earth may we pray for others May we tell others about you, Lord Jesus Christ, for who you are and for what you have done and currently are doing for us. We return thanks in your wonderful name. Amen.